Welcome to the Italian Football Podcast with John Solano, Carlo Garganese and Nima Tuvali. Hello everybody and welcome to another interview episode of the Italian Football Podcast. I'm Carlo Garganese. I hope you're all doing well. We have a big treat for you today, especially if you're a Juventus fan. But before I introduce today's guest, just a reminder that if you want to get access to all of the episodes of the Italian Football Podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash TIFP and become a member for only $2.99 a month. That gets you access to not only our twice-weekly podcasts, but all of our written work, features, transfer exclusives, and much, much more. So once again, that's patreon.com slash T-I-F-P. Okay, so now let's introduce our third guest of the season. We've already interviewed the great Sven-Goran Eriksson and Joe Tacopina, and now we have with us someone who I like to call the, the GOAT of Juventus journalists. It's a dear friend of mine and he's the most connected Juventus journalist, I think, in the business. And when he says that a Juventus transfer is happening, you know it is happening. So joining me and Nima today is the one and only Romeo Agresti. Romeo, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thanks, guys, for your time. I'm not good enough like uh, Sven-Goran Eriksson or Jota Kopi. <laughs> I promise you that I will do my best during this podcast. <laughs> But uh, you, your, your kind words are too much for me. Uh, they're, they're, not, they're not enough, Romeo. You're, you're uh, just as big as Sven and just as big as Joe. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, a, you're a celebrity yourself. Whenever anyone thinks of Romeo, Chris, they always know you as being in the know when it comes to transfers. And I'm sure you're very busy with the transfer market with only you know, a few days left before the window closes. So everybody wants to know, what business can we expect from, from Juventus between now and the end of the window? <laughs> That's a very difficult question. To be fair, I don't know, because uh, I can say just that Juventus are trying to sell some players like Daniele Rugani, like Mattia De Ciglio. They are trying to find an agreement by mutual consent with Sami Khedira. They are following the situation of uh, Federico Chiesa, but it's not easy, guys. Yes, and you mentioned Chiesa there. I mean, he's the he's the hottest topic right now around around Juventus. Can you confirm? Do, do Juventus want to sign him? And and if so, if they manage to sell a player, do you think he will come to to Juventus? If you want to buy Federico Chiesa, you must sell at least one player among uh, Daniele Rugani, Mattia De Ciglio, Sami Khedira. So. I don't know if Juventus will be able to do that, to be honest. But of course, uh, when we speak about uh, Federico Chiesa, we speak about uh, a player that Juventus, uh, Juventus are trying to sign. That's true, but it's not easy. Where do you think that they will play Chiesa if, if they sign him? Because Pirlo has been playing a 3-5-2 formation. So where, where do you see him? Where do Juventus see him if they sign him? Maybe he could replace uh, Quadrado. Of course, he can play... Attack because he was born that in that position, but uh, if uh, we are speaking about three five two, I think that he could play on uh, on the right back, <laughs> the same position which is uh, Beppe Iacchini has been uh, criticized <laughs> for yeah. playing him. Okay, well uh, let's look at the forward because another name that's been mentioned a lot is Moise Kane. Uh, obviously, was at Juventus, went to Everton. Is it possible that he could return? Do you think? 
Juventus have tried to to buy to take him on loan, but uh, so far Everton want to sell him on a permanent deal, and uh, so for this reason it's not easy to find an agreement between the Bianconeri and Office. But uh, we have uh, another four or five days of market. Let's see what will happen. But it's not a hot hot name now for Juventus, especially after uh, Morata signing. And what about the, the centre of midfield? Because this is an area that Juventus have been probably quite weak in the last few years. But they have already done a lot of business with Arthur, with uh, Weston McKenney, And they've been very li- heavily linked with Hussein Awa from, from Lyon. With Paqueta now moving to Lyon from Milan, is there any chance of that we could see him coming to Juventus or is he too expensive? I don't think so because it's too expensive, because uh, maybe... Uh, Hohel are talking with uh, Arsenal and uh, if you want to play with two players in front of the defence uh, you are okay because you have uh, four players like uh, uh, McKenny, uh, Rabiot, Artur, Bentancourt so I don't think that Juventus uh, will try to sign uh, Howard to be honest Okay and finally for, for players possibly coming in what about the fullback position the, the left fullback position because against uh, in the last game against Roma we saw that Pirlo played Quadrado a left wing back out of position and you know many people saw this as maybe Pirlo sending a signal to Fabio Paratici you know come on you've got to buy me a, another another left wing back there's been a number of names mentioned Gosens Emerson Palmieri Marcos Alonso what do you think is there a chance that Juve could sign a, a left wing back if you want to buy someone you first you must uh, fall, you must sell because uh, now on the left side uh, Pirlo has in his hands uh, Alexandro De Ciglio Frabotta maybe uh, Bernadeschi could play in that position so you have three four players it's impossible to buy someone uh, with the four, four players included in the squad. Okay, and in terms of players who might leave Juventus, the first question, Sami Kadira. I mean, is, 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 he, <laughs> is there any chance of him leaving Juve? This is what every Juventus fan wants to know. We say that, uh, but uh, he's always here. I think that uh, Juventus will find a solution to try... To find an agreement by mutual consent with him because he's not included in the in Piero's plans, he knows that very well. But uh, so far, I don't think that Kedira has another team. So let's see what will happen. But uh, I'm positive about that, and uh, I think that Juventus will uh, will find an agreement with him. Then uh, let's see what will happen with De Ciglio. He's on the market, but uh, no bids so far. Rugani could leave alone. Douglas Costa. Would like to stay because he wants to show his skills uh, with Andrea Pirlo. So it's not easy because they hurts a lot. But uh, I think that Juventus, at least Kedira, will, will, will sell someone. I wanted to look a little bit at the business, the, the players that Juve have already signed. I'm starting with Dejan Kulusevski. I mean, he, there was a deal that Juve agreed for in, in January with Atalanta, who owned him. And he arrived this summer and everything come out, coming out of Juventus, the players, everyone is saying, Pirlo himself is saying that they're really interested with what they've seen so far. Um, I want, I'm keen to hear what you think. Just how good do you think he can become? Kulusevski, I love him because uh, in his first appearance uh, with Juventus, uh, he showed what he's able to do. But, uh, you know, Kruzeski has done a big job last season Parma. So everybody knows what he's able to do, this guy. I think he's a good signing for Juventus, especially in terms of quality level. Of course, he's young. 
but uh, I'm sure 100% that uh, already in this season he will be a key player for this team. Um, where do you think uh, that Pirlo will play him this season? I mean, he first played as a four, as, as a striker almost, as a, or a segunda punta in the first game, and then he was played as a terzino or a wing back. Where do you think he's going to play? I'm not able to translate a seconda punta, so I repeat what you say: the seconda punta, because <laughs> he needs to to be offensive, to score, mm-hmm. to make assists. So I think that Kulusevski was uh, amazing against Sampdoria. And he played a normal game against uh, against Rome, so I prefer that Kuzeski plays to attack in, in attack and uh, not uh, like a, a right back. And I mean, if we if we go to Alvaro Morata, who, I mean, who has a history of being at the club, he was rather successful last time he was at Juventus, but I don't think he was Juventus' first choice for that striking striker position this summer. I mean, can you confirm? Was it Luis Suarez or was it Edin Dzeko? Who was Juventus' first choice? Both, both. I think that Suarez and Dzeko were the first choice of Juventus. Then uh, they worked behind Suarez for two weeks. They worked uh, behind Dzeko for two months. <laughs> so I can say just Morata was not the first choice, but everybody knows that. But, I mean, are you happy with the signing of Alvaro Morata? Or do you think that maybe... I mean, who who do you think would works better uh, for Juventus? Dzeko, Suarez or Morata? Suarez, no doubt. Because Suarez is a top player. Uh, of course, when we speak about Jeco and Morata, we speak uh, about good players, but uh, they are not in the same level of, of Suarez. Morata is a Champions League player because I know very well that in uh, his first experience uh, at Juventus, in his uh, two years here in Turin, especially in the Champions League, he showed amazing things, but I have some doubts about him and the Pirlo idea of football. And I don't understand if you try to buy uh, Suarez or Dzeko, why uh, you change the targets in Morata. But uh, without money, you can, as I said, you can do great things. You can't eat at a 100 euro restaurant with 10 euros in your pocket. <laughs> as Antonio said, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm treated to him now, so I guess <laughs> you've had him, I've had him now. Well, let's leave that before I get off on a rant here. Um, let's speak <laughs> about Weston McKenney, the American midfielder from Schalke, who's surprisingly been starting for the past two games. Um, what do you think of him so far? And I mean, will I mean, I was expecting Artur Melo to start ahead of him. Do you think that will happen or do you think they'll play together? What's your thoughts on that? In the second half against uh, Roma, Arthur showed that uh, he will be a, a fundamental key player for this team. But uh, we know that very well because uh, in his true season at Barcelona, he showed that what he's able to do. Uh, McKenney is a good player in terms of balance in the midfielder, but he's not a quality player. If you want uh, to to play in a, in a quality way, I think that Arthur is even better than McKenney. But McKenney, the first uh, in the first game against Sampdoria, did very well. Uh, but uh, I'm sure that Arthur and Betancourt will be the the two key players, uh, midfielder during this season. Um, if we talk about uh, Sandro Tonali, I mean that deal that's been the bane of my existence because for me, I think he's. 
I think, you know, having watched him, I, I forced <laughs> myself to watch 25 games of Brescia last season uh, just to watch him play. <laughs> Uh, because I think he's that good, and I'm really excited. I'm I'm really keen to hear what what you can tell me about this deal because it fe- it felt like in January Juve were in pole position, as you in, in say in Italy, but then they dropped their interest. Can you confirm? I mean, how serious was Juventus' interest, and why did they drop their interest in signing him? I can confirm that Juventus in January were so 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 interested. They speak with they spoke with. Uh, with Brescia, but uh, they wanted to keep the best player until uh, the end of the season. I think that uh, Juventus have changed objective when they decided to do the swap between Arthur and uh, and Pjanic. Of course, Tonali is um, is a very good player, but Juventus have decided to to bet on uh, on Arthur. Well, let's talk about Andrea Pirlo now. Uh, I mean, Juve played a, a, a great game against Sampdoria. In his, in his debut match, but then they struggled quite badly against Roma. So, Romeo, what do you make of, of Pirlo's starts as, as Juve coach? And, and do you think he will be a success? <laughs> I don't know, mate. I don't know. Of course, uh, I think so, because uh, I feel that Pirlo could become a uh, top coach in the future. But so far, I don't know. I don't know, because... Uh, he started uh, two months ago uh, on, to do this job, this this business. Of course, uh, when uh, we speak about Pirlo, we speak about an Italian legend, like player, but uh, like a coach, is completely a new story. I am sure that uh, he has um, clear ideas and uh, he wants to play uh, so quality, good football. But uh, the pressure at Juventus is so high. Is uh, he knows very well that because he played at Juventus, he won a lot at Milan. But I don't know. To be to be honest, I don't know. Let's see what we happen. What did you make of his formation against against Roma? A number of players out of position, like Quadrado, like we said, and even Kulusevski. And it it looked very very unbalanced the formation and almost too too attacking. I know against Sampdoria it worked really really well, but against Roma it looked almost you know suicidal really. Uh, what did you make of of that formation? Do you think do you think he was he made mistakes in that in that game? Uh, three days later, I have not uh, yet understood. <laughs> it's, it was impossible to understand uh, how he wants to play this game. Maybe, maybe he did some mix- mistakes, but it's normal because <laughs> he's a, a very, very young coach, and uh, he needs he needs time. He needs time to understand how uh, to put uh, uh, the right players in the right system on the field. Of course, as I said, at Juventus, the expectations are so high, the pressure is so high, it's so strong. So uh, Juventus have, have to win in every match in all competition. We know that very well. But um, of course, uh, if I think uh, the next match against Napoli, maybe uh, Pirlo should, uh, should decide to come back uh, in idea of football that he showed against Sampdoria. I mean, he's played three-five-two uh, formation in these in these first two games. Well, three-five-two when they attack Juve, but then kind of four-four-two when they in defensive phase. Do you think that that Pirlo will will stick with this three-five-two formation this season? Do you think it will be his main formation, or 
Do you think that he will change it once Dybala and Delict, for example, when those two players come back? Do you think he maybe he will change it to another formation? Huh. I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know, but it's possible. Absolutely. I just understand that he wants to play with uh, so many uh, quality players altogether. I understand just that. But uh, he must find the right balance because, uh, especially in the first half against Roma, Juventus made a lot of mistakes. Roma had uh, a lot of changes. They, 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 they couldn't score more goals. So all, I think that uh, Pirlo needs to find the right balance. Was Pirlo, Pirlo's appointment, it was a big shot for, for most people. Not many people saw it coming. Was he, was he Andrea Agnelli's first choice as coach this summer? Or did they have another target first? I think that it was the first choice, yes, because uh, Andranielli has appointed him in one day after uh, after Saris' departure. So uh, it was impossible for Juventus to speak with Guardiola, to speak with maybe Klopp, uh, to speak with Zidane. So they decided to to bet uh, on Andrea. I don't know if if it will be a long term appointment because uh, he will uh, achieve this goal if he will win. All depends on the results, yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned you mentioned Guardiola there. There's been a lot of rumours for a long time about Pep Guardiola in Juventus. And obviously his, his Manchester City contract is expiring at the end of this year. Just how much truth is there in the in Juventus's interest in Guardiola? And do you see him as a as a future Juventus coach? <sighs> never say never in the future, because I think that Pep wants to try. To win uh, in Italy as well, but uh, in the past maybe there were some contacts. But uh, last season, Juventus' first choices was uh, Sarri, and Sarri was uh, the last uh, Juventus coach. So it's uh, very difficult to speak with this type of coaches because they earn a lot. They want they want a lot from uh, the market. At Juventus, uh, it's impossible to work in this way. Let's talk about the Luis Suarez passport scandal, which has been the rest of the world are looking on and wondering what the hell is going on. That's what I wanted to ask you. I mean, what is your understanding of that passport scandal issue? And what is Juventus' position on it? So, guys, I still don't understand why Juventus parked behind uh, Suarez uh, without the opportunity to... um, to take uh, another non-European players. Uh, of course, they tried to to buy him. I can confirm that. And maybe I think that I was one of the first to write that. But um, it's a, a very difficult question because um, I don't understand why Juventus have tried to sign him without having the opportunity to do that. If we look at it from um, uh, what can happen now, I mean, if we look at how, how are Juventus, uh, what risk do Juventus run them and their staff? What, what 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 can happen to them? Do you think? And also, what do you think will happen? Uh, to be fair, I don't think that uh, Juventus uh, uh, risk anything about that because uh, we are not talking about uh, a Juventus player. But of course, uh, now it's so important for everybody to understand clear the situation. 
Uh, speaking of Antonio Conte, uh, as we were talking about 10 euro in your pocket and 100 euro restaurant, <laughs> I mean, when you look back now, I mean, as a player, he was, a, you know, the captain of that Juventus team of Lippi's, uh, the, the first Lippi Juventus, and then became Juventus coach. And he was kind of the person who art was the architect behind this, this second, this, this glory period that Juventus are going through. Um, I mean, if you look at his entire time at Juventus, it was very extreme because he won three Scudetti. He was really successful, but he also failed in Europe and he didn't exactly leave Juventus in the best terms. How do you look at his entire, how do you look at his entire period at Juventus? What is your feelings on that? I say just that uh, Antonio Conte is Juventus because uh, he was the captain of this team. He won the Champions League in Rome, the last Champions League <coughs> with the squad uh, at Juventus. He was the coach of this team. He won Free Scudetti, like a coach. So Conte had his, his history is is part is a big part of Juventus history. So it can just huge respect for him for what he did for this club. So now he's a professional, and uh, that's normal that he works for another team. But uh, Conte is Juventus. I mean, he was close to leaving Inter this summer. They had a Villa Bellini. Tavolo di Pace to patch everything up, <laughs> as you'll remember, <laughs> which was very weird to cover. I can tell you that. But he he did leave Juve in a very weird way. And can you tell us what really happened? Why did he leave the way he did? I remember very well that day because it was a funeral <laughs> in Milan. <laughs> My boss texted me, "Look, that uh, Conte is going uh, to leave," and I answered, "Don't joke uh, in this moment." <laughs> that was true. Uh, but Antonio uh, is so strong, also in terms of character, of attitude, and uh, if uh, if uh, I don't know, I don't know, guys, I don't know, guys, what really happened. But I think that uh, he was. Uh, not happy with uh, the market in that uh, season. He, he had a bad relationship with someone on, of the board at Juventus. And then after three days during the preseason, he decided to, to leave. But uh, it's, it's not, I think that it's not easy to work with him. Was it Juan Iturbe, the player? Because he, was he didn't get Juan Iturbe and he was angry. He wanted Juan Iturbe. He wanted Juan Cuadrado. He wanted Alvaro Morata and Patrice Evra, and they signed the contract with Juventus. But uh, Antonio, Antonio, push, 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 push. <laughs> it's not easy to work with him, but uh, <laughs> really, really top coach, one of the best in the world. No doubts about that. Yeah, there's definitely no doubts about that. To finish off on on the transfer, let's look at some potential future. Finally, finally, finally. <laughs> <laughs> let's look at some potential future transfer targets for Juve. So, so first, um, Zaniolo. He's a player Juventus have have long been linked with. According to your information, is he someone that that Juventus were were interested in signing before? And is he somebody that you think could have signed for Juve? Maybe at the end of this season, if it wasn't for his, uh, you know, his unfortunate uh, injury that he's just had again. I can tell you that Juventus two months ago have tried to buy Zaniolo with a swap deal. I don't know the the players included, potentially included, but uh, for Roma, no way, because uh, they wanted to keep him and Lorenzo Pellegrini to develop a new a new project with a new owner, but. Uh, I think that if Zaniolo will recover well, next summer Juventus will try seriously again to to buy him. 
Okay, very interesting. Just for you, just for your podcast. Oh, that's our exclusive. That's our exclusive. You're, we're here for you every week. <laughs> how, how how close how close were you to sign in uh, Haaland this year? This year, mm. I think there were some contacts in January, but Haaland want to do the want to get the right groove up step by step. So uh, no way that Juventus were able to sign him this summer from uh, from Borussia Dortmund. Let's see what will happen during the next uh, the next summer. But to be fair, Zaniolo was a, a hot name and uh, Haaland, uh, no. Haaland not. But because his agent is Mino Raiola, we know that Raiola has a, has a good relationship with, with Juventus, bringing players there. Uh, and also, Haaland has a, has a release clause in his contract, which is, I'm not sure if it's valid this till next year or the year after, but it's not that high for, for when we consider what a player Haaland is. I mean, he's an alien. Do you think that the Raiola connection gives Juve a chance of, of him being the next club after he joins, uh, after he leaves Dortmund? You mean that if you have a good relationship with Mirayola, you have a huge chance to sign him in the future? For sure, yeah. What do you think? Maybe. That's possible. That's possible, but uh, I think that uh, <laughs> Rayola wants just to do his best business possible. Mm. So uh, I remember that uh, when uh, Haaland played at Molde, Molde in English, I don't know if uh, is the correct. Molde, and yeah, Juventus no, yeah. had the opportunity to buy him for free, four million euro, and but the players decided to to stay in Norway. Then he decided to move uh, to Salisburgo, then Borussia Dortmund, step by step. So, of course, Juventus have tried to sign him, uh, especially when he was at Molde. But now I don't think that is a, a true. And a huge name for Juventus, rather. Final transfer question. Is there any other players? I mean, you've mentioned Zaniolo already, but are there any other players that we should keep an eye on for the future that, that Juventus maybe maybe could be looking to sign long-term? I don't know, to be fair. I can uh, tell you that uh, Felix Correa, the, the player that is uh, doing uh, his best at under-23 and he scored uh, in the boot a uh, goal and he made an assist last season. He's a, uh, he's a player that uh, quickly he can start to work with the first team. Mm. He did this uh, swap with Manchester City in the, coming, uh, in, the last, uh, in the last month with uh, Pablo Moreno. And uh, I know that Juventus want to push on this guy. Yeah, he he scored a he scored a fantastic goal. I, I saw that goal. It was uh, uh, against Del, Processo. Yeah, a Del Piero, a Del Piero goal, wasn't it? Ah, That's Del Piero, Del Piero, fly down, mate, fly down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Romeo, we we have a question for you now from from one of our our dear patrons. His name's John Cascarano, who's actually he's a big Juventus fan from New Jersey in the in the United States. So so John, please uh, please ask Romeo your question. Ciao, Romeo. Thanks for having me on, guys. Been following your work for a while. I'm sure you're inundated with transfer questions this time of year. Uh, I'm on Twitter, too, so I, I've seen it. I'm not going to bother you anymore with that. But kind of wanted to know, over the past, I don't know, maybe five years or so, you seem to have emerged as one of the most reliable sources for transfer news, especially as it relates to Juventus. How did you build your network exactly, if you don't mind uh, telling all of us? And how did you get yourself in this position to uh, be so successful? 
Ciao John and thanks for your kind words. To be honest, uh, I don't know if I'm uh, one of the, the most reliable. I don't know if I'm, I work in the right way. I just do my best every day. So I have a, a huge passion for my job. I try to do really my best uh, every day. I try to improve every day. Then, uh, as uh, I said in uh, another podcast, uh, I think it, I think that if you do your, if you put your best effort, you can do great things. Just just that. But um, I'm I'm not special. I think that uh, we have just two kings of the market in Italy. There are Gianluca Di Marzio and Fabrizio Romano. I work behind just uh, one team, Juventus. But uh, I try to do my best. Simple that, guys. Romeo, thank you so much again for, for coming on the show. You, you've proved once again that you, you are the, the goat of, uh, of Juventus. And, you know, we're very, very grateful for the time you've given us. For everybody listening, you can follow Romeo on Twitter, on at uh, Romeo Agresti. Uh, he also has his own YouTube channel, very active on Instagram. And, uh, and finally, once again, if, if you want to, to get access to all the episodes uh, and content of the Italian Football Podcast, go to patreon.com slash t-i-f-p so thank you everyone for listening Romeo thank you very much for, for being with us today it was an honor it was so fun so all the best for this amazing project I will support you and uh, I will subscribe Romeo we, we will definitely have you on uh, back again for, for later for later in the season definitely okay well that's it thank you everyone again for listening and we will catch you again on Monday for the review episode ciao ciao